6: Good morning, welcome to journeys us. Desk. We're coming to you live from our studios in Kakum, Coming up this morning, striking labor unions declare no retreat after meeting finance minister vowing to press on with their demand for immediate payment on all tier two pension deductions. We have more as the strike continues to.
7: They said they are going to consider and they'll get back to us, so we are waiting. When they get back, then we take a decision from there.
6: Also this morning, fierce resistance against the implementation of carbon emission tax continues as a minority in parliament accused government of double taxing vehicle owners. Well, GPRTU is not backing down on its decision to pass costs on levy of levy to consumers. And latest statistics reveal over 45,000 young people between the ages of 15 and 24 are HIV positive with females accounting for 80% of the infections. Why? We have a conversation on this for you. My name is Aishi Brian. Do stay for details. Have declared a no retreat after meeting with government to deliberate on their pension contribution and pass. Unfortunately, it ended without a consensus. Three labor unions, the University Senior Staff Association of The public universities in Ghana, Tertiary Education Workers Union and the Ghana Association of University Administrators have all laid down their tools over claims of poor working conditions and non-payment of Tier 2 pension deductions. My colleague Kenneth J.C. was at a meeting between the unions and the finance ministry yesterday and has filed this report.
8: Despite meeting the finance ministry and the education ministry today, The Senior Staff Association of Ghana, the Federation of University Senior Staff Association of Ghana and the Teachers and Educational Workers Union say their strike still holds. They say their meeting with the ministries ended with proposals given by government and they say they will not return to work until their demands
7: are met. Today has been a very tough day, difficult and stressful day for us. Yes, uh, we went to this meeting with a, a position, and we know our position. government is owing us our tier two pension, and we are requesting for the payment of the principal plus 3% penalty per month. And when they, they spoke with us, we've given them our proposal, they said they are going to consider and they'll get back to us. So we are waiting. When they get back, then we take a decision from there. That's what happens today.
8: So does that mean that you put your strike on hold? No, our strike is still on. Strike continues to bite hard. On the University of Ghana campus, heaps of garbage are seen around the entire campus with nobody to collect them. Students complain it is affecting them.
9: Due to the strike, the facilities are not well maintained. An example is the JQB jqb block where one of our lecture halls so last week last week morning the whole place was full of water because those who were to take care of the place were not available to maybe clean the water for us to be able to work to go to class so this makes people like very late to class and the rubbish outside is overflowing like i see rubbish everywhere like it makes the school look very nasty and the tree where the benches are. People are sitting there, but there are rubbish around them, and it makes it very bad. Also, um, we were supposed to have lectures um, this morning, but then because the place has been used as an examination room, we were unable to go for lectures there, and we had our classes held online this morning. And it is going to Return back after they are done with the examinations.
8: Before their meeting with government, the striking union did indicate that if government does not come to a consensus with them, their strike continues unabated and truly they stayed to their words. From the Ministry of Education in Accra, Kenneth Jesse for joining us.
6: Incomast, so students of Kwame Nkrumah University and Apia Minka University have been left stranded on campus as they were denied access to some facilities on the first day of the tertiary education workers union of Ghana strike. My colleague Nana Bochi had monitored the situation and has filed this report.
4: The university's library, maintenance and lecture theaters are among the affected departments on various campuses. The industrial action has affected academic activities, leaving students perturbed. National President Suleiman Abdul Rahman tells Jo News a tax force has been put in place to ensure total compliance.
10: We are going to make sure that we have tax force across all the university campuses. We have local leaders across all the public universities. So they will make sure that they put in place the tax force to make sure that they monitor for everybody to comply with the strike action.
4: The strike is already biting hard as students are denied access to the university's library and lecture halls which remain closed following the indefinite industrial action.
9: We gone here and we've seen that the place is locked. I didn't hear of the strike though, but as I can see, we are now sitting here without being able to enter, so I think the government should... Try intervene and meet their standards or meet their needs for them.
11: We came to do g- a group uh, discussion, but as the library as the library is locked, is it affects us so much? And we beg and pray the government to call off this strike because with the students affect it affects us the most. Well, what are you doing after here?
12: So we are now going
9: to find some place for it because we have to submit it on Monday.
4: So you are coming to do your group assignment? Yes. So you are group. Group, these are your group members yes
9: they are my group members
4: so where do you have to go now to study
9: no no we don't know we don't know, but our leader was saying we have um, some room here, but we don't know, so we don't know how to what to do right now.
4: President of the Tewu Ghana KNUST, Charles Arthur, is happy with the impact of the strike. According to him, the management of public universities will be forced to shut down the university.
11: We are saying that in the near few days, the environment will not be conducive for students to attend lectures that we do not close the university is the management of the university that closes the university when it has it has become ungovernable when uh, when something has happened and they think that it, sh- it should go but we know that withdrawing our services you understand will reach there
4: savior Sally bleke is the president of Teugana amstead we want them to come to, heat to our consensual
13: so that the whole balloon about the school, student welfare should not be as are, if We are our parents, you know. We cannot let uh, our children suffer past. We are taking charges, taking control of everywhere, everything in, in the campus. Who is then neglecting them on concern, you see. So we wish the, the government to come to our aid, to see through whatever demands we are making, to sit with us, then we
4: us out amicably. For Tony, mama bochi dankwa yadom to
6: The minority is lashing out at government over its decision to impose a double tax on vehicle owners, describing the move as obnoxious and unnecessary. Government's carbon emission tax took effect today, requiring an annual payment of at least 75 cities for carbon dioxide, equivalent emissions on internal combustion engine vehicles. The levy is part of the government's commitment to addressing greenhouse gas emissions and promoting ecosystems. Friendly technology, minority member of the finance committee of parliament, John Jenapo, says the plethora of taxes government keeps piling on Ghanaians will end up making the cost of doing business in the country unbearable for entrepreneurs.
14: First of all, government is being dishonest with the people of Ghana. This stuff has nothing to do with emissions. If you look at the emissions table, Ghana is nowhere near the emissions table. Indeed, Ghana contributes. Less than 1% even within sub Saharan Africa. So, this idea that they are fighting the mission. A non starter. The honest truth is that they have signed on to an IMF conditionality which compels government to raise the threshold of the revenue as a percentage of GDP to a certain level. And so they are looking at every means to tax the people of Ghana. We're already paying pollution levy. What has that money been used for? What is the difference between pollution and emissions? It is this emissions that causes pollution. So how can you charge the people of Ghana pollution levy and then turn around and charge them again for emissions levy. That's the duplicity of taxes. What it is certainly going to do is to increase the cost of living because you should expect transport operators, especially commercial operators, to pass on this cost to consumers. Ultimately, what this will do is that by a large, or the plethora of taxes that this government is keeping on Ghanaian, it will make the Ghanaian entrepreneur uncompetitive, it will make our products very, very expensive, it will affect our. Ultimately, it will impact negatively on the growth of the Ghanaian economy. Mm. I find these pollution and emission levies obnoxious. They are unnecessary because even with the pollution levies, they have not been applied in respect of their intended purpose.
6: Away from the Mission Levy, Executive Director of the Economic and Organized uh, Organ- Crime Organization, IOKO, Mamea Tiwa Adodankwa is advocating for a unified front on the part of stakeholders, especially anti-graft institutions, to combat corruption in Ghana. The Yoko boss appeared distraught over Ghana's poor performance on the Corruption Perception Index, despite several measures being instituted by government. Her comment follows Ghana's 70th rank out of 180 countries in the latest Corruption Perception Index reported by Transparency International.
3: Ghana scored 43 out of a possible 100, having scored the same marks for the fourth year running. The stagnant position has left many anti-corruption institutions and crusaders worried. Speaking at the 2024 Annual Controller and Accountant General Department's Conference, Executive Director of IOKO, Mameya Tiwa adudankwa was
5: sceptical about
3: the country's progress in the corruption fight.
5: Tuesday, the annual ritual of launching the Corruption Perception Index happened at the Natco. And again, Ghana has become stagnant, 43, for four years. This is worrying in spite of the numerous interventions that have been put in place by government. We need to be passionate about what we do, passionate about getting results. At the end of the day, what you do, how is it going to improve the fight against corruption? How is it going to make the fight against corruption bad? So we need to identify the things that we have to do to help everybody. Because I know that since corruption is done by human beings, it will take human beings to fight it. It, All hands will be on that so that next year we'll have improvement in the corruption perception in this. Doubt
3: Enhancing Economic Growth Through Innovation and Adaptation, the Annual Controller and Accountant General's Department Conference brought together financiers and public officers from municipal, metropolitan and district assemblies. It is to help stakeholders adapt to technology to salvage the sinking economy. Kwesi Kwenin Bosumpim is the Controller and Accountant General of Ghana
13: is the driving force behind progress. We must constantly seek new and creative ways to improve our processes, systems, and services. We should embrace emerging technologies and harness their potentials to streamline operations, enhance efficiencies, and improve the quality of financial reporting whether it is adopting blockchain technology for secure and transparent transactions, implementing artificial intelligence for data.
5: At Granger, we're for the ones who specialize in saving the day and for the ones who've mastered the art of keeping business moving. We offer industrial-grade supplies for every industry with same-day pickup and next-day delivery on most orders, all backed by real people ready to help so you can get the right answers and products right when you need them. Call, quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
13: Data analysis or leveraging Cloud computing for efficient storage and retrieval of financial
3: information. The department has over the years adopted technologies to enhance operations, including the linkage of the NIA database and government of Ghana payroll. Ashanti Regional Minister Simon Mensa in a speech read for the Vice President, urged the accountants to embrace more technological innovations for improved economic gains.
7: I also line the linkage of the NIA database to the Ghana government payroll. The linkage is to establish an unbreakable bond between an individual's identity and their presence on the payroll to identify and eliminate discrepancies or irregularities ensuring that only genuine employees will receive their rightful remuneration.
3: For Joy News, my name is Emmanuel, rights Quickly.
6: Ghana has been identified as one of the leading countries in the world with the fastest rate of new HIV infections in the world. That's not all. Later statistics also reveal that over 45,000 young people between the ages of 15 and 24 are HIV positive, with females accounting for 80% of the infections. This development poses a huge risk to Ghana's quest to have an HIV-free status. Director General of the Ghana AIDS Commission Dr. Steve Chwahine Chwame tells my colleague Elton Bobby, the commission is concerned about the increasing rate of risky behaviors in the country.
15: The number of uh, young people between the ages of 15 and 24 as at the end of 2022 were 40,500. Wow. 40,500 Uh, uh, young people infected people, with HIV, young people young people, age 15 to 24 live with HIV in the... Over 40,000. Yes. This is what we can even account for, isn't it? Yes. Because the last time you updated us on the status, you said some people had come for the test, but they didn't come to, 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 to get a result. And they were probably walking around, not knowing their HIV status. Yes. So between 15 and 24, over 40,000 people are living with HIV. Yeah. Yeah, and every year, the number of people, the contribution of uh, young people of the same age group to new infections is almost a third of the total new infections in the country. That is the highest. A third, okay. A third, right. So if you have 15 to 24 contributing almost a third of new infections in the country, that is also very worrying because our, our uh, objective is to have an HIV-free generation. And if these young people do not have HIV, if they do not have HIV, then we have the opportunity to break the, the, the HIV transmission in the country because with that, within that age group, mm. be, so when the, those, those ahead of them are no more, there will be no HIV in the country. And so we, we need to take the issues about young people very serious. Right. And I, I mentioned that young people contribute about a third of new infections. But when you break it down uh, by sex, it is even quite worrying. Because you see this. that 80, 83% of new infections that occurred among these young people actually occurred among females. Females. And so, which clearly tells you that, you know, uh, the young females are getting it not from their uh, age mates, but from other people. Yes, older ages. And when you look at the DHS Mm -hmm. and multi-cluster indicated survey, you see that the result shows that there is... High level of intergenerational sex in the that. that is older men having sex with the younger people, younger and in adolescents. And you think are accounting for the 80% infection rate for females between the ages of 15 and 24?
6: Yeah, it's a major factor. We've been joined by uh, Mr. Okoama, who is an expert in sexual reproductive health matters, and the chairperson of the Youth Advisory Board at the Youth Bridge Foundation, and also Cecilia Seno, who is CEO of Hope for Future Generation and co-chair. Of the global uh, uh, fund network, I'm grateful, lady and gentlemen, and gentlemen, and always ladies first. So I'll start with you, Cecilia. You must be worried about 45,000 young people between 15 and 24 who are highly infected.
1: Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully, it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, Lifelock can help.
16: Said in terms of
6: HIV/AIDS.
14: Yes. Thank
9: you very much. Good morning to
6: your listeners.
9: It is worrying, and as a country, we must really see ourselves that we don't have any future if forty percent or forty-five percent of young women and girls are infected with HIV. You know, so the global efforts of ending HIV, as uh, Dr. Hini rightly said, is a challenge if Ghana does not really address this. The important thing is that we cannot leave our young people, especially girls, who are mostly vulnerable, in, without really developing very important, very good interventions to respond to their needs when it comes to sexual and reproductive work. I think this issue is where we are getting these challenges from. If you look at the data that has been projected, and that has been shared, everybody at every level, we need a multi-sectorial approach in this country to address HIV interventions. And we must also look at what the donors are come, bringing to the country. We need domestic resources and consistent strategies and consistent. Sustainable interventions to make sure that we respond. These young people are vulnerable, and so this is where the challenge is coming from. I'm so worried, and I know everybody in this country should be worried.
6: One well, expert in this area. Definitely, I know you've done a lot of research here. What could be accounting for this, from what you know? So, the
9: thank you. So, if you look at the issues, one, I think parental neglect in the past, everybody has a say in bringing up children. But now, the society is really focusing on that kind of nuclear way of uh, working in the, our society too. If you look at the young people, especially girls, the, uh, Dr. Tia Rini talked about intergenerational uh, sex. A lot of them look up to other people to take care of them. And a lot of men, adult men, are taking advantage of their vulnerability and many of them are getting infected i think parents or uh, uh, parents should be responsible for bringing up their children another big thing that is happening is a uh, peer influence and maybe looking up to other people a lot of them are they're not by, being guided by any adults they develop they go to schools they stay in boarding schools and their needs are not met, especially if you look at a girl who has to take care of her menstrual hygiene and make sure that every man she has adequate men- uh, things, materials to protect herself from menstrual menstruation, who hasn't got even a penny to do that, would definitely fall victim to a lot of people. So if you look at our social control, our society, and the upbringing of our children, it is not enough to just talk about abstinence, but I think they should be given different interventions, different opportunities to be able to protect themselves and have access to things that will protect them from having HIV. And another thing is that many of the women who are living with HIV, we have a lot of people who are not even assessing treatment. And so they continue infecting other people. Those who are on treatment uh, reduce infection. But those who are not on treatment would definitely continue the spread. And these young girls, a lot of myth and misconception of having sex with young, the virgins and the rest are some of the societal and traditional issues that are affecting our society now. And I think the government and all of us need to put in a lot of effort and resources to address.
6: Uh, uh, More worrying is the fact that, I mean, if you look at this figure, 80%, 83% actually out of this number are females? I want to bring in uh, Mr. Okoama here. I definitely know you've done so much about, uh, I mean, sexual reproductive uh, issues. W- what what is accounting for this?
7: So there are a lot of factors when you look at um, how girls are vulnerable. Okay, and some of the determinants, uh, economic challenges are one, um, two. Now, in addition to the factors that Nancy just mentioned, you realize that moving away from um, parents bringing up their children, there are other factors bringing, uh, bringing up children or teenagers. And sometimes we tend to ignore the fact um, you could just go online and there is a hypersexual community of young people that grants anonymity and everything. So you will find out that there are young people who are trying to find, have access to information. And not all the information out there are actually uh, um, right. You understand? Then the bit about the intergenerational sex. Even in our society as Ghana, first of all, let's understand that the number, like the figure we are mentioning is just not any figure. These are real people, human beings. Some of them could be related to us. It is when we are able to personalize some of these figures that you know that maybe you have a need, maybe accessing information the wrong way or maybe engaging in some form of risky sexual behaviors that you don't know about. Now, once you are able to personalize it, you realize that everybody is at risk. And the intergenerational sex that C mentioned, it's not as if it's something foreign. We all make jokes online. We see a lot of young girls who go after elderly men, of course, in addition to the economic benefits. But there's also a lot of economic hardship, and sometimes when you link the, the links between... Unemployment, education, and other things. There are young girls in communities who would take money as low as five cities, two cities, just to be able to afford a, a meal or a sanitary pad and other determinants. Now, that is even the gender um, connotation. You you realize that for HIV prevention, the message is also on condoms, preps, and other form of um, you know prevention methods. But the knowledge on HIV prevention is also to show that somebody like me looking very healthy could be HIV positive. You understand? And so even during the initiation or negotiation for sex, we need to also empower these young girls. That, that someone, you know, going are the days when HIV uh, um, in the media was portrayed with somebody very sick in bed, a lot of people living with HIV are very normal and healthy, just like you and I. And so for a young girl who needs a lot of information and maybe necessarily really going into sex, whether safe or not, would not be sure if I am HIV positive or not. And what shows that I am HIV positive? It is sex uh, um, through testing, HIV testing and counseling services. And from the encounter with Dr. Tremi um, and then your colleague, you realize that he mentioned that sometimes when people do the testing, they do not even come back for um, the results. Now, HIV testing is one. It's not only testing. It goes with counseling services. Because sometimes, even if you know you are HIV uh, negative, it takes a, a, a lot of courage and a lot of counseling to go into testing. Now, if you go through testing and it comes out as positive, a whole uh, um, process even begins where you are taken through counseling, how to live your life, connected to other support services and all. Not every single individual can handle that. I have received calls on a normal uh, on a normal uh, day where you realize that someone has been tested for HIV positive. And even though they may not be able to connect where they got the virus from, they go on a rant to infect other people because they feel it's not their fault to get the virus. Wow. Now, are we able to identify these people? Because HIV testing is just a little aspect. Because the counseling that comes with it, because it, it, it also comes with stigma. It, it comes with a lot of other determinants that people need. And we are also forgetting that there is a whole lot of, in addition to the misinformation, sex in Ghana, even though it's very common and we know young people, if a young person needs to have sex right now, they did not tell their parents. They take their phone, go online, and they find a shooter, and it, 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 in a flash, it's happening. You understand? So we also need to wake up to the recent trends and know that not every young person, even our parents speaking to us about issues around our own sexual reproductive health, there is a gap in that process. And so social media online, other tools, I, and young people are finding information. We also need to be very intentional in putting out educative content online, 30-second reel on, on HIV prevention, or um, who who may be HIV-positive or not. Like, the b- very, very basic information, we need to put them out there on the platform where the young people are having access to information because our failure to do that, this is about... Um, over 40,000 people, young people between 15 to 24. Now, this is even more worrying because this age group are the ones that, a lot of them are in school, some are coming out of school. They are our prime uh, human capital as a labor market for Ghana. These are the people who would work in institutions. These are the people who who have fresh skills, fresh energies to contribute to our development. And due to our own failure of realizing that issues at the home, or how someone has information about sex, how they even initiate sex, and the social determinants that comes with it. Once we fail, we are literally losing our population, a key aspect of our population, to the HIV uh, um, virus. And, of course, there is, our ambitious goes to, um, how do I say it, and have an AIDS-free generation. But it's not going to happen if we fail to recognize some of these things and provide the other the the key information that young people need. Now, just to add one more, you realize that, of course, in a typical traditional Ghanaian society, we also know that uh, sex between a man and a woman and all of that. But we also have to wake up to the fact that there may be other sexual uh, minorities that we may also be ignoring. For whatever reason, this also contributes contributes to the increase in, in HIV infection you realize that sometimes, not everyone, if um, someone who may be in a sexual minority is infected, who are they going to talk to? Because they also may fear some sort of backlash that happens and all of that. So there are lots of factors that we need to consider, and we need to wake up. The hypocrisy and the mystery around sex, and not giving out right information, and not paying attention to the specific needs of young people, especially girls. It's very, very alarming. It is not normal, necessarily, for um, a lot of And young girls, adolescents, to be um, running after elderly men, as we may speak against. But it is happening, and the girls are at risk, and they are getting the virus. What do we need to do in a much more better way, where they are testing? We should really include counseling services. People need a lot of the service, and our health facilities uh, and health personnel also need a lot of training and capacity to make sure that yeah we we are more welcome to young people and the changing trends of where they access information who they are sleeping with what kind of conversations around sex that they are having we need a lot of support in that area
14: mm.
6: uh, and Cecilia um we definitely have a big challenge and uh, in, in terms of dealing with this as a country where should we start from you you've started you started talking about how holistic we should look at this and look at ways of tackling it where should we start from
9: okay so um Aisha I think First, as a country, we need a national dialogue on this issue. We cannot bury our heads and think that we are doing well. The first thing we need to look at is what resources are there for HIV prevention among the youth. We are not really tackling other policies that give them the opportunity and are we implementing the policies we have put in place? So I think we need to look at resources that will directly address this problem and we are not just looking at government but we are also looking at I mean other partners. Civil society is doing a lot, but we also expect that the youth themselves to take the lead because they listen, they know how they communicate. So we should look at it. But I think that donors cannot do it for us as a country. We should look at our own resources.
6: Right, Cecilia Sedno is CEO of uh, Future uh, for Hope for Future Foundation. And she's also co chair of uh, the uh, Global Fund Network. Okay, she's back. And Cecilia, go ahead. Right, so she, uh, she made the point right there. You also heard uh, Okoama, who is a uh he's an expert in sexual reproductive health matters and chairperson of the youth advisory board all of them worried about the situation calling for a national dialogue to find ways of uh, dealing with this if indeed we really want to be an hiv-free country let's stick with health because medical director of the upper west regional hospital dr robert Amesia, has disclosed that his outfit is seriously working to set up a center for the treatment of childhood cancers speaking on the sidelines of a two-day training workshop on the treatment of childhood cancers at the hospital he identified distance as one major barrier to the delivery of quality health care in the country. He says if the center is established, it will be able to not only treat children with cancer, but also reduce the burden of parents whose children have the disease. Join us as Upper West Regional Correspondent, Rafiq Salam Hasmo. One
11: major health condition that health practices in the country... Has been grappling with his childhood cancer. Though there is no available statistics to this medical condition, it is not uncommon to see many children with the condition at various health facilities seeking for treatment. It is a global phenomenon, according to a pediatric oncology nurse at the Confucianity Teaching Hospital, Baturi Conrad. He said, Many are unaware of the disease, coupled with the myths and misconceptions that children cannot get cancer, hence the need to organize a training workshop for staff of the Upper West Virginia Hospital. But to the that cases of the disease is now widespread and there is therefore the need to take prudent measures to tackle it before the situation gets out of hand all over the world um, there are mis- and misconceptions about
17: cancers where people think that children cannot get cancers and when a child gets cancer that child is a witch or is a bad omen for the family so but want to throw i mean more light on these things so that people can come to the understanding that child cancers are real it's becoming, it's becoming common nowadays so it's only um, prudent that we take measures now because whether we like it or not, child cancers have come to stay with us and it's part of us. So we need to take measures, okay, to I mean mitigate or to identify these cancers early so that early treatment can come in because early treatment, early identification and treatment of these cancers leads to good prognosis. However, when they come in an advanced stage, when they come, advanced stage means that the cancer already to other parts of the body, at that point the treatment becomes very difficult.
11: The participants were taken through several topics on cancers. Their focus however was on the early warning signals which you would want the participants to take seriously. One of them is um, um, uh,
17: having a a white spot in the eye, what we call leukocoria. Okay, or cat-like eye or touch-like eye. When you see a child with a touch-like eye, with the eye looking like a torch, okay, or that of a cat, normally in the middle of the eye, in the retina, it's telling you that this child could have, what, cancer. A child complains of bone pain, okay, always. Complain of bone pain, you should be thinking cancer. So we have something we call CCC, which is considered childhood cancer. So when you see some of these signs and things, you have to consider childhood cancer. Okay, there's some of them, the cancer that affects the, the, the brain, the child has what, early morning vomiting. Okay, because there's pressure on the brain. Okay, the child who has easy bruising, some of them when they brush their teeth, we just, A little pressure on the gum, they begin to bleed.
11: Medical director of the upper West Regional Hospital, Dr. Robert Amasia disclosed that the training embark on forms part of preparation to set up a cancer treatment center at the hospital. What are the barriers to treatment?
13: is distance. So usually, sometimes we refer people to go to Kumasi. Uh, Some don't have relatives there. Even if they have relatives there, they need to go accompanied by other people. So it gets difficult. They go for one cycle of treatment, then go for another cycle of treatment, then they stop. And usually, if you don't complete the treatment, you don't get the full benefit. But if we have a center very close to our people here, the likelihood that compliance to treatment will be very high is what we are looking at. So we think that, We should start a centre here and bring the
11: services very close to our 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 people. The training program is being funded by a UK-based organisation, World Child Cancer, which has been in existence since 2007. SafeCon Akure is its monitoring an evolution specialist? We have, we have been getting a lot of uh, referral cases per hour data from the Upper West. And then last year, we signed a pact or MOU with Ghana Health Service. And since our region is also under Ghana Health Service, we came here to also build the capacity of the health uh, the staff for the early detection. And when a child is also diagnosed with childhood cancer, uh, what the staff should also know and um, provide the, uh, the needed care. For what child cancer, when we started, I can say that uh, we have been able to support uh, over a thousand healthcare providers, or let me say healthcare workers, as far as treating is concerned across the whole country. And then also, health, World Child Cancer also provide both financial support and emotional support to parents. Reporting for Jane News, Rafiq Salam. Wa-
6: The health minister has ordered a comprehensive audit of all health facilities across the country, responding promptly to the recent jury news series titled Sick Hospitals. The investigative report exposed the deteriorating Conditions of health facilities in urgent need of rehabilitation. Our investigations revealed alarming issues, including leaking roofs, extensive cracks, compromising the structural integrity of buildings, a lack of essential equipment, and many facilities deemed beyond repair, requiring immediate attention. P.R. of the Health Ministry, Isaac Oferbain, revealed that the minister has taxed the structural directorate Audit all health facilities
10: and produce a report. Look at this particular structure when this issue gets to the Honorable Minister or the Ministry. That the, if a structure directorate was compared to go and have access so that we are able to know the cost involved, some of these structures that you are looking at, if you have to take the cost of maintenance, it will give you a new hospital straight away. So, these are some of the challenges that. We are putting in place so that we address them you talk about maintenance where you need to put a new facility when you look at what we have now if we have to invest money into maintaining it to bringing it back to life it would rather be good that we have a new facility instead of going back to maintain some of these things did i hear you say and clarify that the ministry is conducting a facilities audit across the country yes some of these issues came up, and direct, the infrastructure director is tax taxed by the honourable minister That is, should assess all some all these facilities that are having these challenges. And like I said, and and and, 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 and what's what the goal? What's the goal there? What's the objective of now, this? When office? you have them, the objective of a survey is to inform you about the, the the amount of money you need into forming up a budget that will be able to take care of some of these things. One, like I said earlier, we are looking at renovation. We are looking at rehabilitation. But some demand new hospitals instead of this
2: rehabilitation.
6: Let's go to Parliament now because the Ministry of Interior is appearing before the Public Accounts Committee this morning to answer questions on infractions captured in the 2022 Auditor General's report. Quite a number of issues have been coming up, and my colleague James Aveji is joining us with more. James Aveji, what have you gathered so far?
18: Aisha, so uh, quite a number of issues. So under the Ministry of uh, Interior, it uh, captures the Ghana Immigration Service, the Ghana uh, Prison Service, as well as the Ghana National Fire Service. Those are the institutions that uh, are under the Ministry of Interior answering questions this morning. Uh, under uh, on the issues captured in the Ministry of uh, the Ghana Immigration Service was one unapproved
6: I think we're losing James Avedji there. James Avedji is at the PAC sitting, that's the Public Accounts Committee, where the Interior Minister is appearing. Uh, James Avedji is back. Uh, James, continue.
18: Okay, Aisha, so I was stating that uh, the Ghana Immigration Service, the Ghana National Fire Service, as well as Prison Service, are uh, the institutions that are captured under the uh, uh, Interior Ministry. Uh, First appearing before the committee was the Immigration Service headquarters. Uh, There were some infractions uh, captured in there. Uh, For instance, uh, there was some 10 million Ghana cities unremitted uh, or withheld taxes that were supposed to be sent to uh, the government, the Ghana Revenue Authority's account between uh, January and December 2020, 2021 and 2022. Uh, their explanation has been that uh, they've taken steps to remit that money. Part of it has already been remitted. The committee uh, then challenged them to take steps to uh, remit the rest. Uh, the Auditor General's Department officials from there also confessed that, yes, they have received uh, such money. Another issue of interest was the issue of unapproved revised contracts, uh, Also under the Ghana Immigration Service, where two contracts that were awarded in 2020 and 2021. One is for the construction of a girl's dormitory uh, for the training school. In one of their training schools, which was officially uh, built at some 2.9 million Ghana cities. The uh, management of the service then later revised this contract to some 5.7 million Ghana cities. Now, uh, the Auditor General's report indicated that this was in violation of uh, the law. Uh, I mean, if you want to revise a contract uh, as a management without recourse to uh, the tender review committee, that should be less than 10%. But this variation is as much as 94.6%. Another one for the renovation works of the sector command office and VIP launch also varied from 1 million to 2.3 million Ghana cities. All of those, the auditor general said, were violations. The explanation from the immigration service was that uh, this was unintended to violate the law. Uh, the recommendation from the Auditor General is that they should uh, take cue from this and respect the procurement law moving forward. They have indicated that yes, a subsequent uh, contracts uh, have been in recourse to the law to the Tender Review Committee. The uh, committee pack was back and forth about their explanation whether to accept that or fair charge them. But at the end of the day, uh, the uh, chairman actually cleared them uh, from, upon confirmation from the auditors that, yes, subsequent contracts have been within the remit of the procurement law. And so uh, those are some of the issues that have been coming up. No fair charge has come up today uh, yet, but uh, it's a long day, and so we are looking forward to what unfolds uh, as we move forward.
6: James Average our man in Parliament monitoring this for us. Certainly we'll bring you more in our subsequent bulletins. Let's take a break on Joy News Desk. When we return, there's a very latest coming from the world of business. <laughs>
15: Uh, we've had news file over the weekend and uh, an interesting part of the conversation. Oh no we are out of range
9: Oh don't worry daddy I have Alexa in my back.
4: Alex what? Alexa Open Multimedia
9: Ghana and play Joy FM
1: Super Hits Radio Radio.
4: Joy 99.7
9: Listen to Joy FM and then the name of your favorite podcast from Multimedia Ghana. For a list of all podcasts available, say Alexa. Ask Multimedia Ghana to browse programs. On air.
3: And you're back morning, like you never lost signal.
9: Alexa, welcome to Multimedia. For crystal clear and thrilling podcasts and live shows, Download and listen to us on Apple, Spotify, TuneIn, Google Podcasts, My Joy Online, Amazon services like Echo, Amazon Music, and Audible, Stitcher, Adobe Online, Overcast, and Pandora. Take note of everything. Sign up for the multimedia digital platforms now to stay updated.
12: Morning, this is the business segment on Join News Desk with me, Payos Kujobaka. Retail business operator, Melcom, is making a case for the Ghana Revenue Authority to quicken all pace in capturing all businesses under the electronic value-added tax system. This is to eliminate discrimination in tax payment and also to help government make in more revenue. Group managing director for Melcom, Ramesh Swani made the appeal after opening a new branch inside the West Hills Mall at the Wajahe Accra. Here's more. the retail centers used for the pilot of the electronic value-added tax, known as the EVA system when it was introduced last year. This has helped the Ghana Revenue Authority in exceeding the revenue target for the year. Speaking to journalists after opening the new branch of the West Hills Mall to cater for the population in the wager enclave, Group Managing Director March Sabwane called for a first to capture all retail dealers.
19: Every till receipt, every uh, purchase is made, is measured and directly connected to their GRA computers. So all the tills here every morning is synchronized with them. All the trades are, all the transactions are uploaded to them. They reconcile every evening. They reconcile every month. So they know that everything is being done fair and square and straightforward. They need to roll this out to other retailers also. Um, It becomes very difficult where Consumers who are paying the 21.9% or whatever it may be as VAT to retailers like us and other retailers. I'm not saying we're the only one on that platform, but there are smaller ones, independents, who have not yet got to that stage. Now, how much of that is actually being tapped and captured and how much is falling through the net is where they need to focus. Melcom's strategic decision to establish a
12: premium outlet within the West Hills Mall is a testament to its commitment to accessibility and convenience. Ramash Sibwani has also been speaking on plans to introduce
19: more local products when the market demands becomes increasingly available. We are buying a lot of products from local factories. We have a lot of tie-ups with local factories promoting their products. We have an annual Made in Ghana promotion to help promote local industry. So a lot of effort is going on that direction.
13: So are we likely to see an increase in your, your sale of local
12: products?
19: Well that with over thirty shops, the West Hills Mall has become
12: a soft after destination for shoppers catering for their various needs. The Ghana Cocoa Board has allayed fears of a potential shortfall of supply of cocoa beans to artisanal processing companies. According to its deputy chief executive, Ray Ankara, it is determined to increase the supply of cocoa beans to the artisanal processing companies to boost domestic production and consumption within the year. Now, we spoke to Joy Business at the launch of the Ghana Chocolate Week celebration here in Accra. In collaboration with the Ghana Tourism Authority and the other industry
15: stakeholders have launched the 2024 National Chocolate Week. This week-long celebration is on the theme, Eat Chocolate, Stay Hobby, Grow Ghana. And aims to shine a spotlight on Ghana's iconic cocoa, a key commodity and beloved treat. According to the Deputy Chief Executive of the Ghana Cocoa Board, Ray Ankra, the company... Is determined to increase the supply of beans to the artisanal processing companies this year. We are saying to all Ghanaians that Cocoa Board is here to support the processing companies to produce more chocolate, more consumption, so that we can drive up jobs, and particularly even with the artisanal chocolatiers, uh, the thing has been taken in order to lighten the burden they get in trying to get cocoa beans we have decided that a policy decision has been taken to ensure that these uh, chocolatiers can buy beans directly from uh, ghana cocoa board. this is a step in the right direction it's a huge one this will ensure that they can get the beans their costs will come down and they can produce a lot more chocolate in the system and create more jobs for our youngsters. said ej bar
13: is the board chairman of the ghana tourism authority Uh, If you talk about the genesis of Ghana, cocoa is Ghana, Ghana is cocoa. And for us to be able to get the needed revenue to develop our country, there's a need for us to consume what we produce. That is why we are encouraging that uh, about 40% of our cocoa beans is being processed, or we are value to it in Ghana. That will help us to get enough needed revenue. The head of public relations at Cocoa Board, Fifi Bwafo, reaffirmed their commitment to dealing with the impact of Galamse. We admit that there have been some challenges. Uh, You talked about Galamse. Galamse is uh, uh, overtaking away some cocoa farms. But what we are preventing is to make sure that we do not have chemicals uh, polluting or contaminating the cocoa we have. So far, there is no evidence that uh, the cocoa we are producing, its quality has reduced. It remains the best quality cocoa produced in the whole world and we are something we jealously guard and we shall continue to protect the quality beans we produce in the world. The National Chocolate Week celebration will be marked with a series of activities
15: from the 9th to the 14th of February 2024 at the Tetekwashi
12: Interchange in Accra. And that's it for business. I am Pius Kujubaka. More after this break.
16: His Excellency, the President of the Republic of Ghana in 2016, pledged to ensure free senior high school education for every Ghanaian child. Under the leadership of the President and the Sector Minister, Honorable Dr. Yao Ose Edishum, the first year enrollment has risen from 308,000 in 2016 to over 500,000 students being enrolled each year under the policy, making over 1.6 million children enrolled under the policy as of 2022. The Transformation Agenda Series on Education exposes you to the varied and various achievements. Of government in the area of education, delving into the policies, interventions, and infrastructure development that has occurred under the leadership of the president. Be my guest. This and every Tuesday, as we bring you documentaries from across the sixteen regions of Ghana on Joy News between six thirty p.m. and seven o'clock p.m. Transformation Agenda series on education, reimagining education for national development.